Welcome to The Faithful Servant, a podcast reaching you in the midst of your battles where you can find hope, joy, wisdom, and healing. My name is Eric Howland, and at the end of the day, my hope is that I can hear the words, well done, my faithful servant. Welcome to this week's episode of The Faithful Servant. We're continuing our series of overcoming stories with the focus of these stories uh, to encourage you that there are others out there who have been through similar challenges. Also to bring hope that you too can come through and live a life that you deserve. Today I want to welcome Melissa Manassian. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So. You're a published author, correct? I am, yes. You're a singer. I am. You do realtor work. Yeah, I'm a realtor and a contractor, yes. You're a small business owner of a home renovation company. Yes. What's the name of that? Transpire Renovations. And you're also a mother. I am. So um, one of my first questions to you, Melissa, is that's a, a lot of work. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some things too, I think, yeah. right? Because I think you're in school too. I am. I'm in school for interior design right now as well because I'm not busy enough. I just decided to add that to the plate. Yeah. So first question. Yeah. Does staying busy keep you focused on your goals? No. Why? No. I think, I don't know. I think staying focused on your goals is more of a mental thing. I think sometimes staying busy can keep you away from your goals because you can get distracted. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So why do it? Yeah. So why surround yourself with so much? Yeah, but I think in this season of life, all my busyness is surrounded about, around my goals. So that, I think there can be bad busyness though, where it is distracting for me in this season though. I just know, I keep reminding myself because I am in the middle of finals right now for this quarter. It is a temporary season, you know, this too shall pass. Um, but for, for me, like, I just feel like I've had some kind of some soul searching. I know where I'm headed and I know the steps I need to take to get there. And so, yeah, all the things I'm kind of doing are around that end goal. So it's good. So you brought up an interesting point there that I want to hit on it because I, I think oftentimes we're, we find ourselves in situations where we think it's almost a permanent situation, mm-hmm. but we have to remind ourselves that it's actually just temporary. Yeah. So if you can hit on that a little more is what helps you to remind you that it is temporary and it's not a long drawn out process? Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, which I've actually just been through and I'm in a season where I have cheerleaders in my life who I think when you you have that moment where you're just really stuck in your emotions and you're being maybe more dramatic than you need to be, they can kind of bring you back down to earth and be like, this is temporary, here's the logic, right? Um, But I think, yeah, just surrounding yourself with good people that are cheerleaders um, as well, just my relationship with God I know is super grounding and it's a lot of the reason I'm in the direction I'm in. Like everything I'm doing right now, it's all things that I never imagined I would be doing but then when I look at myself as a child, they're completely aligned with my talents and my interests and what I'm passionate about. So it's fun how my life is kind of segued into 
and I, I think a lot of that's just becoming your true self, right? Like I've right. become more authentic. I've done that soul searching, and I think, yeah, now that I'm in this plat this avenue where, yeah, everything is me. And I, I and the authenticity, the way when you find yourself being an authentic person, it just kind of breeds your self confidence to be able to talk into you, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know who you are yeah and oftentimes I know when I was just personally struggling through things and it it's not it was more to do with I didn't know who I was mm -hmm. but now that I know exactly who I am it's easy for me to say you know what this is just a bad day mm -hmm. yes it's not going to continue on yeah and it's not my identity it's not yeah Right. Absolutely. So when you think back to you as a kid, mm -hmm. what did you want to be? I wanted to be a pediatrician. That's nowhere yes. on this list. I know. <laughs> and I'm like super creative. So it's funny. Like I really wanted this like super uh, medical job, which I guess there can be creativity in pediatrics for sure. But um, I, I think too, I came from... Um, I'm first generation American. My family is um, from Europe and Iran. So, I mean, my, my dad was the first one in his family and the only one in his family so far to get a college education. Um, so I, but I did definitely come from that breed of like, be a doctor or a lawyer, be successful, go to college, like fit the mold. And so um, I think for me, the funnest kind of doctor I could think of as a child was like to work with kids. So I was like, I want to do pediatrics. And then I took my first biology class and that changed really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> was it the dissecting part in biology? <laughs> I honestly, I think it was the teacher because I've since taken science classes that I loved, but maybe it was a God thing and I just didn't need to go down that path. But it's amazing how a teacher can affect right, right if, what you like or not. So I mean, I look back to some of my professors in college and some of my teachers in high school and the influence they had Absolutely, to direct yes. you one way or the other. And, and speak life into you or not speak life into you, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it, it went both ways with some. Uh, so let's move forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when you think of challenges that you've gone through, mm -hmm. what's the first one that comes to mind? Yeah, and we kind of talked a little outside of this taping about just you wanted to kind of discuss obstacles and the biggest obstacle in my life that I think I faced has been finding myself, which is kind of in the same vein of what we're discussing, where I grew up being told by society, by my family, by um, the religious institutions I was part of, I had this mold that I was supposed to fit into. And I think um, just that process of unbecoming has been the biggest obstacle I faced for sure. So when you when you tear down all of those walls that you've kind of put up, mm -hmm. uh, self worth. Uh, it definitely plays into it. Yeah, yeah. Finding yourself and your worth. What What was that when you start tearing that, that process of tearing down that to understand who you are? What were What were some of the feelings that you went through? and the struggles within that? Mm. Um, I don't know, I, I think it's common, especially in American culture, in our society, to feel like we have to fit in. 
And so I think um, I think the biggest thing emotionally is I just felt really untethered because for the first time I was I was okay with not going along with the norm because I realized that going along with the norm was like literally killing my soul. <laughs> it was killing me. And I was actually, um, at the time of this epiphany, very depressed um, to the point that I was kind of contemplating, you know, ending things. Like, do I even want to be alive? And you, I was just having that deep moment. I feel like all of us have it sometime in our life where it's like, what is the meaning of my life? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Why do I belong here? Do I belong here? Maybe it'd be better if I wasn't, you know? And you kind of come back around to finding your purpose and kind of get through that. But um, I think I think it was just just intense fear because <laughs> I was free falling in that season and that was really terrifying. But there was also almost a joy in it too because for the first time I was free and that felt really good, okay. even though it was terrifying. <laughs> so there's two aspects. Yeah, that, and I want to both. <laughs> so on. A, what did you hold on to during that free fall? What was it that you that gave you, I guess, hope to know that this is going to be okay? Yeah. Um, I think the two things that kind of kept me grounded was completely my faith, my relationship with God. And um, my relationship with God had a complete facelift during that time. And it was the first time I really feel like I, I think I, I grew up with faith. I grew up you know, learning about God, but I, it was the first time that my faith became my own and my relationship with God became intimate and it was me and him on the floor with tears in a journal, you know, getting through really hard times. Um, and then as well, my little girl, I couldn't leave her here. So I knew I had to figure out a way to get through this hard time and I had to figure out, um, yeah, just a way to get better. You know, when I, I, I look back at um, the second part of what holds us up, right? And we'll do anything for our kids, mm-hmm. right? And I know that uh, there's been times where there's no other option for me. Yeah. Keep going. But without Jocelyn and Mallory as a purpose, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier to end it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think our kids, you know, and you don't want to go down that route to say that they're the holding block to your life, right? But they. They're definitely an influencing factor, though, for sure. Yeah. Of yeah. the decisions you make, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I got a really tough question for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> has someone who has faith in God and Jesus mm-hmm. as their salvation, how do you tell someone that believes in God that God is still there? when their life tells you that he's not? Mm-hmm. What do you mean their life is telling you that, that, that he's not there? The mind, the mind tells us a lot of lies. Yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah. And when we look at our life and say nothing seems to be going right, mm-hmm. 
we have those thoughts that said, am I even worth it to anyone? Mm -hmm. Why am I even here? The world would be better off, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the lies that we get filled. Yeah, for sure. So how do you tell someone that has those thoughts mm -hmm. that God exists? Because yeah. like when I was going through it, I'm like, yeah, I know God is there. I know who Jesus is and how he saved me, but why is he not saving me now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what do you say to that person? Um, and I can only speak to my personal experience, but that's kind of why I asked like, for you to clarify, because even through like the depths of my despair and the hardest things I've had to weather, he's always been there. And there has yet to be a time where, especially as I've, you know, grown my relationship with him and um, I believe everyone can hear him. I really do. And I had to kind of practice that. I feel like it's like a muscle, like any other muscle, you have to exercise it and you can get stronger or weaker. Um, but just hearing him, I feel like one, you have to just be looking for it and be open to it. Um, but I feel like he's talking to us all the time. So I think even through the depths, like that was a saving grace for me was having them. I, I, I seriously went through this really dark season of depression, but every day I took a nap if I could, that helped. <laughs> and then, cause I wasn't sleeping that well as part of depression. And I'd have these horrible like nightmares and it was just like a really horrific time. Um, but secondly, I had my my time that I always set aside with God and I would journal out what I was feeling and I was just really, um, like that was a must, I had to do that. And I knew that it was like keeping me alive, really. Um, but in those times, I'd always kind of journal what I was feeling and I would not edit it, like just completely raw. This is what I'm feeling, lie or not, like I'm just gonna be honest. And as well, it was a season of me learning to be honest, right? Cause I'd fit this mold and I'd lied to myself and I deceived myself and um, I hadn't honored myself and who Melissa truly was. And so it was a season of, like I said, of unbecoming. So I was just like, I'm gonna be raw and real for the first time ever. And even if it's ugly, or you know, uncomfortable or whatever it is, I'm just gonna write it out. But then I'd always kind of wait on God and I would journal as well. And every time he would speak to me about what I had just written and he'd redirect stuff, he'd validate certain things. But it was like the first time where I really kind of felt like I got his opinion on stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like he was with me through that entire process. So, um, and as well, I think I learned his character in that time. I learned like he is good. And so even when there's stuff biblically or stuff in the world or whatever that I don't understand, I believe that in the depths of my soul that I might not understand it on this side of heaven, um, but I know he's good. And I know there's, whether I don't understand the reason or not, like I know he's good and it's, there's, there is a reason, so. So, and I, I think I'm hearing you pretty well here is you're writing is one of those important things to you. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's where you hear God. Yeah. A lot. Well, and I think I have a very quick working mind. As you can tell, like I'm busy, I'm always doing something, I'm a busybody. So I think writing for me has been a tool to just, it slows me down and helps me like focus exactly what I'm thinking into words. And that's been really therapeutic for me, for sure. And, and that's, that's something that I, always when i know i'm going through my depression times mm -hmm. is racing thoughts right oh, everything yeah. moves so much faster yeah. and oftentimes it doesn't matter 
if it's my writing, if it's going out on a hike or whatever it is, those things that I do, it's helping me slow down. Absolutely. And yes. I that's where I think a lot of like people, we give them advice of, you know, you got to find that one or two things that help kind of calm you down. Mm -hmm. or, like they soothe you, yeah. Right, if, slow down, mm -hmm. right? Don't go driving. That's the last place you probably need to go because you're going, you're thinking fast. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do find out there, that find something that slows you down mm -hmm. and brings that calming, that peace to you in those moments of high anxiety. Yeah, and it, I think it may not even be peace, like through my, um, I went through a really horrible divorce. It was three years long. We were in court. Like, it went into full court mode. <laughs> it was horrific. Um, and my entire life was in jeopardy during that time. It was, like, just in limbo. So during that time, though, I um, was going to this divorce care therapy group, and it was just so sweet just to be with other people. So I guess that's another thing is therapy groups or um, talk therapy or just any kind of therapist where you can be kind of being validated and learning about your emotions and stuff, I think that's really helpful. But to your point of physical activity, that's huge. And I wasn't a super physical person before. And I actually had a lady in my group though, she was like, we should go to kickboxing. I think this is gonna help you. And I was angry and I was very uncomfortable with my anger. Like I'm good at all the other emotions. I can be sad. I can, you know, express how like sad I am. But like for some reason, the anger part of grief, I was not familiar with, not okay with, not comfortable with. But then learning that, that that's okay too, you know, it's okay to be mad. So I think, yeah, for me, it wasn't even a peaceful thing. It was like, I'm gonna be in my anger, I'm gonna own it and just allow myself and honor it and, you know, kick the crap out of this kickboxing bag. And it was such a good release for me. So yeah, but just finding ways to get it out. Yes. Are you are you like me that I, I, I kind of was raised or it, I don't know if it was taught to me or whatever, but I always looked as at anger as a sin. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. Right. Yeah. And you shouldn't be angry. Yes. And if you are, you're almost out of control of your mm -hmm. emotions, right? And you can sin in your anger for sure. But right. God's anger, angry in the Bible. Jesus is angry in the Bible. I mean, it's not. No, I've had to learn that. But yes, not a bad emotion. Yeah, that that's the thing it's is valid. like three years ago, I'm sitting in therapy and my therapist goes, you do realize it's okay to be angry, right? How big of an epiphany was that for you too? Just for someone to say it, right? Yeah, I'm like, no, it's not okay to be angry. Like It's like against everything that I've learned. No, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so then we have more of those negative thoughts into us and going, well, you know. Well, and shame. Correct. Absolutely, yes. And yes, yes. So as we're working through the anger, I'm like, you know, uh, that's changed my whole complex of, you know, how I look at things. It's mm -hmm. not, um, and she always said, it's not the emotions of themselves that are sinful. You can be happy and still sin. It's the actions in which you take those emotions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we sat and talked and we go, okay, if you look at the New Testament, in Jesus specifically, 
where where has Jesus shown emotions? You know, on the one of the first stories we hear about is when he goes into Jerusalem in the temple and he's angry. He's mad. Yeah, <laughs> and mean, it's righteous though, right? Like right. it's valid. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I encourage everyone out there that's listening is when you're going through those tough times and you're, you are angry, it's okay. You know, and I think there's two people here right now that would validate that and yeah. say, listen, it's okay to have those raw emotions. It's even okay to be angry with God because yeah. he understands it. Yeah. And I had a lot of anger towards God through you know, like yeah. my divorce and through the things that I went through yeah. and just questioning everything from a point of view of anger. Yeah. Well, and then learning that whatever you're feeling, it's informing you of something. Right. So what is your anger informing you of what's wrong? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's informing you that something's off. So like allow it to do its job. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think too often though too is like i found myself doing this i get so trapped in my emotions oh yeah and i you just hit on something is it our emotions are valid but they're valid in the aspect of they're telling us why mayday mayday yeah yeah like i'm sad it's a gift really yeah well why are you it's not that you're sad but it's why are you sad right and then let's start peeling back those layers. Like what is non-equilibrium here right. that yeah, you're getting warned of, you just have to listen to it. Right. Yeah. And too often we're like, no, I just want to feel sad right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, emotions is where we, I think that authenticity that we often lack lies because we're, we're trying to prove ourselves to the world of, you know, we're not we, honoring our emotions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you think forward now, you've gone through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you stay grounded when challenges do come? Because, you know, like I've talked with other guests on here is the challenges don't stop. No. <laughs> Sometimes they might even come harder than what or whatever. Yeah. we <laughs> went through. Yes. How do you stay grounded to make sure that those challenges aren't debilitating like they were in the past. Yeah, well, and it's funny that you asked me that. I'm actually going through a really hard season at the moment, and that's been part of my conversation with God, is like, I've already gone through the depths of despair, and I don't think I'm at that level now, but like, I can feel that it could potentially go there, and it's like, I don't wanna do this again. I already weathered that, you know? I learned that lesson, Um, And so it's kind of making me mad to kind of live life and realize that, yes, there are ebbs and flows. um, But the beauty of it is I have weathered that before. And I think that's been my grounding in this is, oh, I know how to do this now. I know what to do with these emotions. I know who to go to to talk about it. I know how to handle it and weather it. So it has been a lot more of a graceful process and and I, it is kind of a surrender, right, as we live. I'm just right. learning to surrender and be like, I don't have control. And it is what it is. And and as well as you kind of find that authenticity and that self-confidence that you're talking about, I have confidence now in myself to get through it. I think before I had that free fall, like terrified, like I don't know what to do right now. And I'm not in that season now where it might be hard, but I know I have confidence in myself, like I'm gonna get through this and I know my worth, I know my capability now. And so it is different. You've hit on this a couple different 
times is it's who you go to. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So when you think of those few people that you surround yourself with mm-hmm. to help you through these moments, what are some of the characteristics that you would use that they have? Because I think one of the most important aspects is we don't shelter ourselves from people, mm-hmm. but we surround ourselves with people that are going to encourage us, right? And help us there because I think all too often we're content with who we have in life. That might not always be a good thing Mm -hmm. because they're going to keep taking us down that wrong path. Yeah. So when you think of those people that you've surrounded yourself with, what are those characteristics that you look for? Yeah. Well, I think it's funny. I think and I'm learning this as well. Your circle is going to change with where you're at in life. And I think that's been part of the surrender that I've had to come to as well as these friendships or these relationships that I thought would be forever. Like this is my soul sister or like this guy friend or even a dating or a marriage or whatever. It's going to be forever. And it's like I'm realizing there's ebbs and flows there too. And um, I'm learning though that God always puts in my path exactly what I need. So it's like, well, maybe I just don't need that right now. Um, but I've just learned to align myself with people that are on the same path and, and really um, value alignment. So in this season that I'm in, I am like, I'm gangbusters about leveling up. I'm just to the point like I'm, I, I feel like I've, I'm finally, I've gotten above the surface. I think I was drowning a long time, you know? And I think we've kind of talked about that, like you're kind of climbing to the surface and you're getting rebuilt and God's kind of taking you down that path of unbecoming. And I feel like I've found myself now, I'm on flat footing, I'm on the surface now, but now it's time to build. And so I, I know for me, I need people that have wisdom in building, people that have built wealth, that have built companies, Um, that can speak life and truth to me around what I'm doing and what my goal and mission is right now in this season of life. And I I think there was times, you know, for me in life when I was drowning, it almost felt like God was saying, not yet, you just stay right there, continue to... Continue to build your muscle as you tread water, right? Right. Um, I'm not done with you yet because we still have some things that we need to work on. Which is so painful sometimes, but yes. But then when you get up on shore, Mm -hmm. I want you to build on the rock. Well, and now you have the muscle and the knowledge to do it. Yes. And, you know, I, I always have pictured God, you know, saying, okay, now we're here, Mm -hmm. but in the past, Eric, you have built yourself over here on the sand, and when the wind comes, it's easy to blow you over mm-hmm. because you're living for others. And now I look at where I'm at of being built on solid ground, focusing on God, and when those winds come and those waves crash, I don't move. Different ball game now. It is. Yeah. When you think of where you're at now, mm-hmm. how do you how do you see yourself when you look into the mirror? Ooh. I'm so proud of myself. And I know I'm an overcomer. It's a very good feeling and I found myself. 
that brings tears to you why yeah because i know the process to get there and i've had to give up everything and it's been a journey of a lifetime right i'm 38 now it's been 38 years in the making like i just know how much has gone into getting here but it's been so worth it so i mean even to anyone that's struggling in this season that's listening like it's worth it keep going and cling to god cling to friends that are supportive and that are life-giving and just keep going one day at a time and i think right there melissa is almost the best advice we can give anyone right one day at a time don't worry about tomorrow. Don't even worry about the past, right? Mm -hmm. If we can stay focused on the now, our lives tend to slow down. We don't become anxious. We find ourselves and we become stronger. And like you use the word, we become an overcomer. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and honest. And I, I, I pray that everyone that is listening in, that when you hear Melissa talk, that, yeah, there may be tears there, but those are tears of joy that she can stand firm knowing that whatever may come God's got her she doesn't have to worry anymore so my challenge to you today as you're listening in is find hope you know, for Melissa and I, our hope lies within God. That's, that's what we focus on. And I would challenge you, if you've never picked up a Bible or if you've never even thought about God, that this might be an opportunity to say, okay, nothing else has worked. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel in despair. God's saying, I'm here, I always was here, and I always will be here. So grab a hold of hope. Find those friends that encourage you, that lift you up, and listen. I think you hit on something really important in that, is that you have to listen for God. Mm -hmm. So today, as you go, be encouraged. No matter what you're going through in this moment, there is hope. You are going to become an overcomer. And at the end of the day, you are going to hear the words, well done my faithful servant.